Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 15 of On Deck. I'm Bill, that's Lloyd, and we are also joined by The Fox. Uh, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Uh, we've been watching your your content. You make a lot of really, really good stuff. Those benchmarks are fantastic. Um, Lloyd had a couple of questions that he wanted to throw our way uh, since we both have uh, hands-on with the deck. Uh, Lloyd, why don't you uh, lead us off here? Sure. First, I want to say one of these things is not like the other. Uh, I'm the only one here that doesn't have a a, a deck in front of me to play with. So um, I'm sad, but I'll I'll soldier on through the rest of this episode. Um, So you guys have had it for a little while. What have you been playing recently on your deck? Games that you like, games that aren't running so well? Just what are your thoughts? What, What have you been playing over the last little bit? Uh, so, uh, recently I'm just playing, uh, instruments of destruction just came out yesterday in early access. Um, it is a kind of a mix of, it's a little bit of blessed corpse, but it's a lot of besiege, which was also another type of game where you're just kind of demoing stuff. You build, a an instrument of destruction and go and have a mission of destroying whatever, but trying to get there. Um, what was wild to me was it said that the game wasn't compatible. So I was like, okay, well, whatever, we'll see how we have to, what we have to do to get this working. And it just worked just fine. Uh, you know, tunes, tunes endings a little bit. But the other thing that I found a little bit interesting was that the controls seemed to already be done correctly, like 90% good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms of just moving around and having it uh, be intuitive, it felt like I was already there. So I'm like looking at the controls and a lot of things were already like pre-set up. Um, so I found that to be interesting. So there was that update that they just pushed out where developers can make comments and stuff about compatibility. Uh, so I wonder if I'm, that's not going to be there s- shortly, but that's going to be a thing that I'm going to be. But that's like literally the first game that I played on the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. The, what I've been doing on the Steam Deck has not been playing anything. I've just been messing with it. Right. Instruments of Destruction looks fantastic. I was a big Blast Core fan. So when I saw this one, I was like, oh, yes, I got to check that one out. All right. How about you, Bill? What do you what have you been playing these days? Uh, well, I, I I am honestly very, very surprised to say Elden Ring. I did not expect to like I played Dark Souls 3. Uh, everybody um, back when I used to stream on Twitch, everybody was like, you got to play Dark Souls 3. And so I, I bought that game. I installed it. I got killed instantaneously. I got killed instantaneously again and again and again. And I made little tiny bits of progress over the course of like five or six streams. And then I said, this game is terrible. I'm never playing it again. And then I never played any other From Software games until uh, Sekiro came out. And I played that one for a little bit. And that one hit me a little bit better. I like that one more. Uh, But still, I hit a wall pretty early on. And so when I heard about Elden Ring, I was like, oh, that's from those guys. No, thank you. I'm not interested. (laughs) Um, But everybody kept talking about this game nonstop. They're always saying how fantastic it was. And I was like, "Okay, you're starting to convince me. And then the thing that pushed me over the edge was I I think I put it in our discord. Somebody had had found like a double bladed lightsaber and they were running around killing dudes like Darth (laughs) Maul. And I was like, "Okay, I have to get it now. And I'm hooked. I'm and having an absolute blast with it. I've got like four hours into it, which just like you, um, I have not been playing the Steam Deck a whole lot. It's been like testing things, trying to come up with uh, control schemes for different games that I want to try because Steam input's so weird. And like I haven't been playing nearly as much as just trying things out. And so um, this was the, that's probably the first game that I really spent extensive period of time just playing it and not doing anything else not even really shooting b-roll for it but man that game is good 
that's uh, I gotta be completely honest here, Bill. I am very surprised at your positivity on that game. I, I thought you would hate it and you'd be complaining the whole time. So I'm really <laughs> happy to hear that uh, because, yeah, it looks super, super interesting. All right. Uh, so, Bill, you've had your, your deck for about a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fox, you've had yours for three ish, somewhere like that, somewhere around those, uh, along those a lines. A bit over a month now. A bit over a month. So if you've used it you've uh you've played it you've beaten up a little bit what is one thing uh fox that you would change with the steam deck if you could go back in time and convince uh gabe to uh, make a change the battery battery size yeah that's just uh it's it's just and they say that you know it's the biggest that they can make given the size constraints and all the other stuff um and you know perhaps that's true it's but when i see like smaller devices like like this this is the Win Three. This has a forty-six watt hour. hour. It is a fifteen a battery is fifteen percent larger than the Steam Deck. Wow! So it's tiny. <laughs> like huh. so, when I when I frame it in comparison to other things, when I see that the Steam Deck is objectively the largest handheld that there is, not that that's bad or anything. I find it fine. I'm fine with the size of it. But the battery is the one thing that I would point out as the thing that, especially with how things are, when you can if you push. If you start pushing CPU too far, you're going to wind up getting in those areas where you're going to have two hours of battery life. And it's all because of the capacity. Right. Awesome. Bill, same same question. Anything that you'd want to change? Well, um, uh, I would have to say, boy, just one thing makes it really, really tough. Uh, and he already took the battery. Um, <laughs> I guess I would say the... Um, I would really like to just hardware wise. I would like it if the the buttons, the the Steam button and the quick access button, like you, I wish you could feel them. If you're in a dark room, it's like completely smooth. And then you have the trackpad, which is above it, is raised up a little bit. And so there's been many times where I've gone to either hit the quick access button or hit the Steam button, and I hit the the trackpad instead. And that is really frustrating. Uh, if you're not playing in a dark room, then it doesn't like that's not an issue. But um, sure. hitting that, like trying to find those buttons with absolutely no feel to them, like they're almost perfectly flush. I think that right. was a mistake. I'm sure there's going to be a quick aftermarket thing where there'll be like 3D versions of the graphics that you just put a sticker on it so you can actually feel it. <laughs> just like uh, when the Switch came out, you had those little the little puppy face that you put on your your joy your Joy-Con holder. This will be a little bit more usable, though, because it'll actually give you a little bit of uh, of touch texture when you're playing in the dark. Awesome. Good stuff. I, any, anything else? Like I, I threw out a couple questions and asked for one response. Any any other weird rough edges that uh, either of you would uh, change other than those buttons or the battery? I'll let you go first. You let me go first. OK, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there I do have I do have more of them. Um, I talked about these a little bit in my review, but when you're asking me like this on the spot, Putting me in, in a conundrum. Um, trying to think. No, I don't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. I'm gonna have to take a look at the device, Bill. You're gonna have to. You have to field this one for me. Security, like the oh, fact that yeah. there's no like pin code when I turn it on. That's a terrible thing. Like I and it's it's so obvious. Like I can't believe that this device, which is awesome, I, like. I love this thing. It's fantastic, but I cannot believe that it got through QC or like quality control and nobody said, Hey, hold on a sec. Well, how about when we turn it on, somebody has to push ABXY or something in order to verify that they're the owner of the device. That's crazy to me. Uh, am I being ridiculous? No, I don't, I don't think so at all, especially when you have more uh, accounts on them. So it works the same way. Yeah. So if you have multiple accounts and you just say switch account, it'll just jump right into that account without any additional ask. That's weird. That, that was one of the my favorite things of the switch when it first came out was having to hit the same button multiple times because I've I've had issues in the past with like PSP or Vita where you put your your device in your bag. And, and I don't throw a lot of stuff in the pocket where my game thing is, but it rattles around a little bit, turns on, you get to work or you, you get on your wherever you're going and you have like five percent of your battery left because the device turned itself on. So even something like that would be would have been really surprising or, or would have been nice. It's surprising it's not there. So um, well, that's actually. The, the like you can push buttons on this thing all day long yeah. it will not turn on until you hit the power button which i think that's really really good uh, on the switch you just like any just button that you hit three button. times will turn it on which that was a mistake uh the sure. power button's recessed what 
what we're actually talking about is just account security. Like anybody can pick it up and turn it on and log in and buy, buy stuff. Yeah. Basically when the switch came out, that was one of the best things about it is you, you'd have to hit the buttons. You couldn't turn it on by accident. And then they went into the, uh, the um, parental control stuff. So you could even have an an extra step to get on. I'm sure valve will add that down the road. Like that seems like a no brainer, especially since every app that they have is protected by uh, steam guard and, and all, all sorts of different things. If you want to turn that on, it, it seems really weird that your $500 device doesn't have that same sort of protection. Absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to the news. Um, unless, did you come up with one while I started talking? Yeah, there. I I brought up my list of stuff oh, that okay, I, I he's got I, a list. So <laughs> only having one USB C port is kind of. I mean, there's yeah. more space. If that USB C port goes, there's no reason why you couldn't have another USB C port that could possibly charge the device if that one failed. Um, having multiple ways to charge the device, either from the bottom or the top. Mm-hmm. Only having it on the top means that for the dock, the dock, you need like a little dongle to come over. And you're looking at the, you know, where the micro SD card slot is and trying to like line up with where everything is. I wish that there was an a, at least one additional USB-C port. Sure. Um, and then um, it's not really a, a, a bad thing, but it's the Rumble, emu- uh, Rubble, Rumble emulation, which is admittedly very good for what it's doing. But as soon as you put your thumbs on the touchpads... Um, it kills that rumble emulation. Like your thumbs, if you just put your fingers on it, your fingers will just absorb the emulation. And then it just is weird. So for me, it's okay because I'm analog dominant. I haven't been using the touchpads all that much. I've been just using it to like mass around. But for people that are very Steam input heavy and like those Steam pads, I would wager that they would turn uh, rumble emulation off just because it's not good in that respect. Yeah, you know, I haven't really played many games that have like the rumble in them. So I haven't really noticed that myself, but what I will say is I I loved, absolutely loved the steam controller. I think that this thing is fantastic. And the, the touch pads were super important for the reason why I liked it, but they had you like, you had to have these because it didn't have the two joysticks and it didn't have the D pad with this. I feel like it has, the two joysticks and it has the D-pad. So I don't use the touch pads for all of the things that I use the touch pads for on the Steam controller. On the Steam controller, I use the touch pads nonstop. On the Steam Deck, I feel like I use them way less, mostly for menu things or to, like, if you have a game that has, like, 47 inputs for, like, keyboard where, like, push M, push tab, push O, push P... I can map all that stuff to a radial menu on the Steam Deck, but I don't use the thumb pads really to control the camera all that much. Uh, And even, like, I was playing Oblivion earlier, and I found that it was easier in Oblivion to use the touchpad than it was to use the joystick. But then I just went into the settings of of Steam Input, and I finagled the joystick just a little bit more, and I was able to dial it in, and it was easier to use the joystick than the thumb pad. So I, st- I think the thumb pads are important, but I don't think they're important as they're important for the same reasons as the steam controller was. I don't know if that makes sense. I thought it does hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I don't like is some, I don't know why they do this, but for some reason you can turn on haptics on the joysticks, which are already a physical, thing that I'm touching. I don't need haptic feedback on that. And some games will already have that like turned on. So I'll go to play a game and I'll put my thumb on the joystick and I'll start moving it around and it'll be like making all kinds of weird, like haptic noises or whatever. And I'm like, why is it doing that? And then you have to go fishing through the, the steam input UI to locate where that setting is and turn it off. I find that kind of irritating as well. All right, let's move on to the news, I guess. Um, Gabe delivered the decks. Uh, That's really, really cool. Like, he went out with his funny little mask, which (laughs) was a funny duck shape, uh, and he went out to people's houses, and I just found that to be awesome. And I I liked it a lot, but the thing that stood out to me the most was that he went to that guy's house, and the wife was like, oh, yeah, he's skiing. 
and <laughs> get, like they could have cut that out, but they that left it in, nuts. and I just thought that was so fun. Like, can you imagine how dejected that must have felt? <laughs> I, I read I read his um, his comments on Reddit all about this. And he's just like, I I got a call. I thought it was just it was not real. So I just went out and then I get a text from my wife and I'm like, oh, no. And I could just I could picture myself in that exact same place. I'm like, whatever. It's not coming today. I have a trip. I'm going to go do this. And then you realize that you missed your one chance to get an autographed deck from the man himself. He still got an autographed deck, but mm-hmm. he didn't get to meet the man himself. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts yeah. on the on the fact that he went around Seattle delivering delivering decks? Uh, for me, I mean, uh, I, so yes, I do believe it. I do believe it. And I I understand everyone's disbelief when they were saying, "Oh, Gabe's going to come around." Put it in perspective from my side, when I was when they emailed me saying I was going to get a Steam Deck, the subject line was Steam Deck. <laughs> like that was it. Yeah. So when I first got the email, I was just like, "Oh, someone's just asking me a question. I'll get to this in like whenever." And I go to it, and I click on it, and I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait!" <laughs> like, "Oh, wait!" And I'm like, "I don't know if this is real." So I'm like fishing around, like looking it up, and I'm like, "Yeah, I want to be doing this, but I don't know what's going on." Um. So yeah, I do think that the how nonchalant they treated it. And people's disbelief, I believe both sides of it. It's completely believable to me because I was in that moment uh, about a month and a half ago. Um, so, yeah, I, I can believe, especially specifically Gabe to make the decision. and like, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do this. It's going to be a fun thing. Um, I'm glad that they did it. Um, I I found every part of it believable. That people are just like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, like from our point of view, this would be like Megaton, right? We're like, right. Oh, <laughs> and we're just seeing everyone kind of like cool let's put, let's put <laughs> they the were not through. like they didn't know they're, he's like hi i'm gabe from valve and the, the person was like all right hi thanks. gabe see you later how like, long oh you been God. working delivery how long you been working delivery gabe look is it a good job does it pay well yeah 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 it pays pretty well for him i'm in the same boat <laughs> with you when i got the email because i got mine on the 24th and i got the email like I think it was on a Monday and I'm going to open up my calendar and look at the 24th was on a Thursday. So I got like this email and I was like, and they were like, Hey, we want to send you one. Will you sign? Will will you agree to the NDA? And I was like, "Um, of course I'll agree to the NDA. Here's my address. And then they were like in the next, like it's going to launch on the 25th. Like, how am I going to get it in time? I just said, whatever. Sure. Uh, Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. And then it showed up on the 24th and I didn't even, I didn't even get an email from them saying, Hey, it's on its way. The only reason (laughs) I knew that it was on its way was because my phone dinged and it was FedEx saying that I had a delivery and I was like, where's it coming from? And I looked and it was, you know, in Washington and I was like, Oh God, maybe that's it. And I was just like, just all day thinking, I wonder if it's really that or if it's something that I ordered on Amazon, who knows? (laughs) Yeah. all right what, um what a great what a great pr stunt though like it that got that got articles on every gaming blog it was all over twitter it was all over reddit and like valve's done a lot of stuff like this in the past where they they do like some stunt that really isn't a stunt because they're not doing it to be a stunt it's just mm-hmm. hey let's do something cool um but then the internet yeah. kind of takes off with it which is really great to see yeah, yeah. i would definitely yeah, I agree. agree with that all right I want to talk about uh, playable games because we just got this uh, this article just before we started recording over on uh, the official uh, Steam-powered blog uh, that they have over a thousand verified slash playable titles, and they say, and growing. Now, have you been playing games on the Steam Deck that are unverified? Or not unverified. Uh, unplay. Uh, what's what's it called? Unsupported. Un- not unsupported. Unknown. Yeah, unknown. Yeah. 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 I, 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 have you been playing unsupported ones too? No. Also, uh, uh, unknown. I have a picture of it. Um, I made a joke on Twitter about it. There's a game called Everything, and it the compatibility is unknown. So I just said, <laughs> you know, <laughs> everything is indeed playable on Steam Deck. Um. And it was, it, it played just fine, even though it says unknown and it's in its compatibility. So there is, there is this, 
you know, nebulous area where things are people like, oh, I wonder if this game will play. And for the most part, it's going to be games that are, you know, clearly like with anti-cheat stuff or people that have flat out said that it's not going to work. But if it's if there's no mechanism that is really like hard incompatible, you're going to mostly be able to play like it's if there's like a launcher that sits in front of it, that's going to be a problem. Um, but if it's just going to be an executable that jumps straight into the game and there is no other layer other than, you know, the Windows API stuff, then no, I, for the most part, I think a lot of the stuff is just going to work just fine. And then you just have like video file stuff that uh, gets in the way and whichever way that they're going to tackle that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I've launched quite a few games where like it pops up, especially the older games where it pops up a thing on Windows and it says like install these drivers or whatever. And it's like the old school Windows 95, whatever kind of like icon iconography or design UI. And I just like the controls don't do anything. And then just, I was just like, maybe if I just touched the button and I, so I just touched the screen <laughs> and it just disappeared. And then the game started and I was just, it kind of blew me away, but this system has been out a, a week and less than a week, because honestly, the first people other than the 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 people who Gabe handed them to like people didn't get these until I think probably Monday so it's been out less than a week and it already has a thousand games in its catalog and that's just the beginning that's just crazy to me what do you think about this Lloyd yeah I mean Steam has a billion games on it and and there's no way that they're going to be able to get every single game tested before launch but a thousand that's pretty good and I know most of it is probably tool assisted so they 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 have a couple quick tools that they run against it and then then human eyes look at it so it's not like they paid a thousand monkeys at a thousand typewriters to uh, to do up that little that little Steam compatibility thing that came up um, it, so it's not as daunting as you think, but still it's a thousand games. That's more than most people have in all their libraries added together. Um, so that's pretty decent. Um, there's still like, I was looking at my, my library on deck page and I go down to the unsupported games and there's some pretty big games that are still unsupported and not because there's any issues with them. It just says, uh, what, whatever the, the common pop-up is. I'm trying to figure like it out. We're still working on getting this supported or yeah, something. Valve is working on adding support and it's like, really, you, you haven't checked this one, which is like, it's been on the top 10 for, for months, but maybe not for six months. And then I look at some of the games that are supported and I'm like, you got some weird people uh, that are that are that are picking these games. Uh, they're they're grabbing this game or the other one. But I mean, slowly over time, they're going to be uh, they're going to be making their way through the library. Uh, a thousand is super impressive to me. In, in as little time as as it's been, absolutely. And then there's but then there's games that absolutely we know that work, and Valve knows that work. Like Gabe said in that video, like he's been playing a white mage in Final Fantasy fourteen, <laughs> and Final yeah. Fantasy fourteen has a little. Uh, circle with a line through it on the Steam Deck, but I've been playing it on there and it works fine. Like there's absolutely no issue other than typing in the password is a massive giant chore if you have a real password. Is, your password isn't one two three four five like on Spaceballs. Uh, it's it's really frustrating. Uh, are you running into any software frustrations that are taking you away from the gameplay experience at all, Fox? Uh, only when I'm trying to do things that are, you know, clearly not supposed to be working. Um, the getting uh, either uh, Ubisoft, Battle.net, other launchers that are not Steam, trying to get those up. So there's more steps to get those up. So those are the only ones that are frustrating. Uh, but anything that is from the Steam store itself, no, it's been as simple. Like. This is the most console-like PC experience I've ever had. And that was what I had left off in my review. And I think that's, like, probably the the biggest takeaway that you try to, like, convince people of. Because there's a subset of people that have had a, a lot of problems with PC gaming in the past for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, either just incompatibilities. They didn't know what they needed to do. They didn't know that they could go to a forum to other people have had these problems. And they already listed out things that you can do. They just don't know where to, like, check. And there's... A lot of things that, because Proton is fixing a lot of things, that, for instance, uh, I did a thing on Red Dead Redemption 2 today, and 
on other handheld gaming PCs. The thing about a portrait based display, which all of these have, including the Steam Deck, um, it is native 800 by 1280. It's not 1280 by 800. It's not a landscape display. The problem with this is that in Windows, when there's other API layers that are there, uh, DX8, um, DirectDraw, all of these other things do things out of order. So it will uh, kind of draw the game, but then put it landscape afterwards. So you'll have like part of the the game drawn on this half the screen. So you have to like wrap these in Windows. And the thing that happens on SteamOS is because there's already a compatibility layer that it already kind of solves all these things. So there's a in a lot of respects, it's going to be easier than the other handhelds that have existed uh, because a lot of the lift is already done for you. Uh, so in Red Dead Redemption 2, to play Vulcan, you just press, press install and go. On Windows, you need to use another tool to kind of remap the screen. And I showed that in my video today. Um, so there's things like that where, no, it's been, as long as you're in the Steam store and it, it's there, it's been super, like, it's just been easy. Um, and more to the point what you guys were talking about before, a thousand games being compatible, I would go a step further in that you take a look at Cyberpunk, God of War, Elden Ring. These major titles, Valve went above and beyond and worked with studios for Cyberpunk, God of War, Elden Ring to make sure they worked day one. And not only did they work day one, the networking was working with anti-cheat. And then a day later, they were like, let's make performance better. Yeah. So they, Valve is paying... Uh, open source devs to, you know, for Rad V drivers to improve things. So they have their own driver team that are working on stuff and they can just push Steam update. Every Steam update that has a driver, no one's downloading drivers. No one's, you just, oh, I have an update. Let me just update. And then whoop, it slips in the new driver that is, you know, or there's a Proton layer that gets updated. And it's like, you can do all these cool things that um, make the experience better than people have been having problems with on PC today with whatever stutters are happening and they're making it a better experience. Uh, so, it, the thousand game compatibility thing is greater to me. Like I know that there's more than a thousand that are playable now. What really is impressive to me is the the work that they've been doing to get day one games that are big working day one, and then a day or two later working as best as possible. So that type of stuff is where I find it to be super impressive, uh, and they're showing the work. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm super positive on it. Yeah, for those of you that don't know what he's talking about, Pierre Lugrafi tweeted this out. Um, uh, let's see what day on the twenty sixth. So the day yeah. after, the day after um, launch. I'm going to use launch in quotes because that wasn't really when launch was. It was when that was when people got emails. Uh, but the day after launch, uh, he tweeted this out: "The graphics team has been hard at work on optimizing Elden Ring for the Steam Deck. Fixes for heavy stutter during background streaming of assets." will be available in a Proton release next week, but are available to test now on the Bleeding Edge branch of Experimental. So real quick, if you don't know what that is, you can basically choose which Proton you're going to use with a particular game. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if you can do it on a game-by-game -game basis or you do it on the whole system. Do you know? Game-by-game? Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, you could do it game by game and you say, all right, I want Proton 7.0 or I want to use uh, the experimental version. And then what happens is it like you get to because you're choosing that you get to get the the fastest or the uh, the most up to date stuff, which is really, really awesome. And the fact that Valve is going out and fixing this stuff, not from software, Valve is fixing it. That's pretty crazy. You were going to say something, Fox? Yeah, uh, just just to clarify, you are correct. You can do it globally as well. It's in Steam Play, you know, Steam Play compatibility yeah. in the settings. So you can do it globally, but you can also do it per game as well. And per game could have like, if you wanted Proton 6 for this one game, you would do it in the property section of that game, which is on like the right side icon for that one particular game. And it'll be just for that game. So you have both options. Yeah, and there's going to be tons of websites out there that are going to list like, this game and this is the version of Proton that gives you the best yeah. frame rate, or this is the version of Proton that gives you the highest uh, some other thing that I don't know. I just play video games. <laughs> uh, these guys will know more about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 to me it's really impressive that they're they're not only saying okay Proton is exists and it's great we're going to use that. But they're saying we're going to make Proton better and then we're just going to give it to everybody else. So it's better for everybody, not just better for our piece of hardware that we're trying to sell you, but better for the whole entire game industry. 
Um, it, it's just you don't see that from a game company and it, it is really unique. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits of this hardware is that the the, the maker of the hardware is so involved from a, a game standpoint, from a software standpoint, from a hardware standpoint, from a firmware standpoint. They're, they're just they're touching everything. And it's like the Apple of game devices, like the the OS, the hardware and everything is all done by the same team and they know it inside and out. And that's the reason why you're seeing so many darn updates instead of the normal the normal update process where it gets it gets built. Two months later, it's done its QA test and all the things that it has to do. And then it gets put to uh, development. Then it gets put to uh, ring one and then it gets put pushed up <laughs> and then eventually everybody gets it four months later. It seems like they're putting patches in and they're just pushing it out right away, which is very much an open source uh, way of doing things, not a normal uh, big, like huge corporation making a piece of hardware and and software for it kind of doing way of doing things. So super impressive that they're doing that. Big corporations, they tend to steer like um, like aircraft carriers and Valve yeah. seems to be steering like a speedboat. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've experienced this at all, Fox, but I sent emails back to my contacts at valve and i was like hey i noticed this was an issue and it wasn't working right and they were like oh yeah thanks for finding that bug and they patched it the next day twice they've done this twice two crazy two things that i sent to them and they were like oh yes let's get that fixed and then they patch it the next day have you run into that at all that's crazy yeah yeah when it was just linus gamers nexus and i yeah there was a a few things that i would uh and i know for a fact that they did it on their end Right, so uh, I submitted stuff and then fixes came later and they just had in a general change log. Um, but then there was the rumble emulation one that came in. And for me, no one got to experience this really. Like for you guys, it's just, it was the rumble. What, and Linus said this in his video, it was gnarly. Like you would put your thumb over the touchpad and it would just like, <laughs> like it was, it felt terrible. Like it was miscalibrated. Everything like the rumble was so bad, like the haptic, haptic rumble emulation was so bad that when I used it, there was no part in my brain that was like, obviously, they're going to fix this. Like, <laughs> everyone knows this is not how it's supposed to be. I didn't even bother like, hey, you know, the rumble, emulation. you know, the rumble is pretty bad on this. Like, I didn't say that, but they I saw a changelog of like, hey, you may have noticed this and it's being fixed now. And that's when the rumble emulation came out and is um this is where after Linus's video came out, people would, were asking questions about it and, and it was fixed and it's much better than it is. But uh, yeah, there was um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would email them about it. Um, uh, that that's happened. And there's times that I emailed about something and it really wasn't a problem. It was about something else. Um, so uh, like the Elgato capture card, there's actually a edid file that you need um, and they're going to get that sorted out soon. But um, there's some people that will be connecting to an Elgato capture card from their Steam Deck, and it'll just be like a 4K when it's not supposed to be. Uh, Me. So <laughs> that was my first an- video. I I could I thought it was a problem with the Steam. Like I thought that there was a problem with the Steam Deck, but it was my capture card. So when I plugged it into my other capture card, that didn't cause the problem anymore. So uh, I ran into that same exact problem, and I didn't know that that was a norm a known thing. Uh, so from my perspective, it was working fine. Like it was, it was 4K, but it was just getting resolved in the center um, at first. But all of the frame rate and stuff was working fine. And then they came out with their VSync performance improvement. And then I I put in my uh, connected to my Elgato, and everything was running at like 20 FPS. And I was like, I I think there's something wrong with the frame limiter when you're plugging in the uh, external cat when you're trying to export through HDMI. Because this is like when I unplug it, it goes at 60 and 30, no problem. When I plug it in, I'm only getting 20 or 30. And they're like, oh, no, 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 that's, there's not, there's nothing with the frame limiter. What type of capture card do you have? I said, Elgato. And they're like, here's these files. Put this <laughs> and, and fix your edit. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that worked. And then I, I have, I have a bunch of cheap, uh, it's over here. There's, I have a cheap HDMI capture uh, device and that worked perfectly. So when they saw the email, I was like, oh yeah, my $10 capture card works perfect <laughs> when my Elgato is all messed up. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, so there's been times where I emailed them and they were already aware and there was another fix that needed to be done. It's not a real problem on the, on the Steam Deck. Yeah, they're incredibly agile. 
with how fast they're bringing these updates. I don't I don't know how fa- how long they can keep this up, especially now that they're going to have a lot more bugs coming in when they have way more people testing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about those thumbsticks. Um, well, are, you're not getting any drift, right? No, no, yeah, no, but, no drift. You know, I'm guessing because we're content creators, they probably they probably tested these before they sent them out. Like, let's make sure these are good before we send them out. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, but we've got some people reporting that there's thumbstick drift. I don't know about you guys, but like. I never heard a thumbstick drift before the Nintendo Switch. Did you guys? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's something that you didn't really run into um, back in the day, but I had an old Xbox 360 controller where if I just put it down on the table, I would run straight. So it's good when you there's a, there's an achievement where you have to be in the game for 40 <laughs> hours. You just put your controller down, and as long as the controller doesn't go to sleep, you're you're running in one direction. You don't have to put elastic on it or anything crazy. Um, but yeah, it's it that and back in the day, it was usually caused by dirt getting into the mechanism because it was an it was older, bigger, chunkier mechanism. And then Nintendo goes and miniaturizes it, and then they run into a different problem with like metal contacts being worn down and things like that. Um, looking at what this the Steam Deck's like mechanism looks like, I thought I don't think that this is possibly drift. I, I don't think that is something. I, it must be a software thing. And then, sure enough, Lawrence Yang the next day comes out with a tweet saying, "Yeah, it was a dead zone regression issue. We've already put out a patch. If you had an issue, update your your deck and you'll be fine." Um, just by looking at the numbers, because uh, they were they were doing the calibration, the numbers were they were changing at the exact same um, rate every single time they would they would manually center the joystick. So it just looked like um, a software thing that or or a fix, uh, a software fix for this potential hardware problem. So it was really good to see that they were able to get that patch up uh, so quickly. So are you gonna are you gonna open yours up? I mean, you got two of them, so maybe. Uh, yeah, I've I've opened I I have opened up mine. I've uh, I've installed a one terabyte SSD on, on one of them. I made that video. I haven't released it yet, but uh, I've done that. Um, but I, I didn't go as far. I was supposed to go as far as like Gamers Nexus and Linus did. And um, the whole reason that I got two of them was one of them was to tear down. And I I did want to do a teardown, but I was so busy in terms of like focusing on TDP and, and just tuning clocks and stuff to see what performance was that I never really had the opportunity to, because I have a full-time job and I was just kind of, it's easier to benchmark stuff and I can work and then look at it and then go back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so doing a teardown and recording that whole thing, and then when Gamers Nexus did his teardown, I was just like, Which, "I'm not going to do a teardown there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm not going to do this. This is why would I do this? So um, no, I've only uh, I've only like upgraded the SSD on it, and um, yeah, um, I actually uh, I don't know if you go so this one, this the Ion Neo Next. Mm-hmm. These have hall sensor based. Uh, analog sticks so there's no actual it just uses magnets to determine the value mm-hmm. so as you this is not new like the dreamcast actually did this as well yeah. um so you use magnets and hole sensors to determine how close the proximity is the magnet so the greater the intensity of the magnet these are the values that you get uh the company that did that reached out to me and they're making a controller but they also said they want to make um steam deck analog sticks that you can replace yourself that are hall sensor based That's um cool. Yeah. So um, it's it. Hopefully they they have all the stuff like you know the capacitive touch sensor on the top, which because the analog sticks on the Steam Deck are like there's a bunch of tech in them because it's like the outer rim of the of the Steam Steam Deck analog stick. Like this part right here is sensitive. Then there's sensitivity on the center of it. So there's a bunch of other stuff that Steam input allows you to detect and do stuff on. So there's. They're, I feel like they got their work cut out for them, um, but it seems rather e- it's it is easy. There's eight screws, and then you can just pop up the shell. Um, it's really alarmingly simple to open and to uh, to just dig at. Um, so even replacing analog sticks and, and whatnot, I don't have a problem with it. And you could also in software have reset the dead zone in your software and just increase the dead zone. Speaking on the analog sticks itself and comparing them to like other devices right like i have a, i have a bunch of handheld devices and i've seen other switch based ones uh those are pretty popular what do i have around here 
So this is oh, this is the INEO. This is the retro. It's a little dusty, but you can see right here that they basically just used switch clone sticks here. So these tend to have the same type of problem as switch sticks do, but they have, you know, types of travel and how much analog input that they have. And specifically the value, right? Like thresholds of of signal that you're that you have. The Steam Deck analog sticks are robust. Like there's like 32,000 degrees mm -hmm. of sensitivity in any given direction, right? So it's just a bunch of input. And you like you do if you test those things, they're super performant. Um so I don't know. It's I feel like people got kind of carried away with the news when people uh like sent out videos. And it's just one of those things that you know people just latch onto. It's like, oh the drift is there day one. Yeah, my uh, son, it, he he's always telling me that his uh, his PlayStation controller has drift when he gets killed. He's like, oh, it, it was drift. I was, like, oh, <laughs> was it? Was it though? <laughs> um, yeah, the the thumbsticks. I'm so glad that they used real thumbsticks and not the kind of thumbsticks that are in the Switch. That's so much better to have that. And the fact that it's capacitive, I. When you're when you're using a game like I'm going to use a, a game that's on the Switch like Splatoon Two, and they have a button like if I remember correctly, there's a button where you can like center the gyroscope. So you're like you're in the middle of gameplay, and as you're playing, you've you've kind of started to do this kind of thing, and you're like, okay, I kind of need to recalibrate it. So I'm going to go back to flat and hit. I think it was the Y button or maybe the X button or something. And it kind of says, oh, that's the dead zone that they're looking for. Because there's no, because they have the sensor on top of the thumbstick, you don't have to waste an input for that in order to reset. And I think that that's, that's really fantastic. And it's such a elegant solution to, to just say, oh, well, it knows that you're touching it. But it also, I, I don't know if that makes it um, harder to get replacements that would like, like you said, those, those guys are sending out maybe are making ones that are uh, to replace the steam deck thumbsticks. Like, will it be able to do all of those same things? Like I didn't even know about the, that it, that it senses the rim of the, of yeah. the thumbstick separately from the top. It's a bunch. There's a, there's a lot going on. There's a bunch of tech packed into those analog sticks. Um, and I feel like that, that gets kind of drowned out by just the drift part of it. It's uh, they're really sensational. They're really very good. Uh, it also in terms of how they're programmed, and this is a thing that a lot of people complained about. Sorry, I'm always bringing up like these other handhelds, but there is a degree of magnetism along the cardinal directions, right? So northeast, southwest. If you think of them as like straight lines, a lot of 360 based firmware uh, pads like IC that these controllers are connected to, there is a tendency that they want to magnetize to the cardinal direction. So if you push right, it's like a clean line. But on the Steam Deck, the input is super analog. So if you're like a little noisy with how you're pushing it, you're gonna get that exact that exact um, value. So in terms of like how the dead zone is, where it is, how the input of where you're pushing it, there is no artificial magnetism like you would think for how video games uh, that are controller based that are FPS where you have um, controller magnetism in terms of like aiming, aiming, uh, aim assist. It's kind of along those lines uh, where people get frustrated that the controller is doing a thing to assist the person, but it is actually frustrating to the user. And the analog sticks on the Steam Deck don't do that at all. They're just pure signal of whatever you're feeding it. Mm -hmm. um, so that also means that I'm never going to play PGA Tour on the Steam Deck because it was tough enough with like the Stadia uh, analog sticks that are they don't have as, as many degrees uh, for the positive and negatives or plus and minuses. So doing it on the Steam Deck, uh, my shots, I'd be shanking or, 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 or slicing them every single shot. I wouldn't even get a good one off. Well, that's when you use the touch screen and you just hold it <laughs> and go like that. Yeah. Like it old. Yeah. What was it? What was it in the arcades? Old people like me. Uh, go Golden Tee Golf. Yes, Golden Tee was fantastic, but that but that was a that was a trackball. Everything's everything's more fun with a trackball. That that's a hundred percent accurate. I've got I've got an arcade right over there, and I really wanted to put a trackball on it, but I didn't have room on the panel because it was too narrow, so I couldn't right. put a trackball, and that always makes me sad. 
<laughs> All right, let's move on and talk about, uh, boy, Destiny 2. I've seen a lot of conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat stuff going on. Uh, Sony just bought Bungie. And then, what is it, two weeks later, Destiny 2 uh, or Bungie posts this thing saying, don't you try and use that on the Steam Deck or we're going to come <laughs> after you and and, and st- burn your house down or something. Like, boy, they went they went hard on yeah. on <laughs> on their response to uh, whether or not uh, Destiny Two would run on the Steam Deck. What do you think about that, Lloyd? I mean, it makes sense because to get Destiny Two to run on the Steam Deck, you, you have to do stuff that that Bungie wasn't um, wanting you to do. You're you're you their anti cheat doesn't run so you'd have to patch it somehow to get it to run and if you're patching the anti-cheat to get it to run you could patch it to do all sorts of things like aim assist and and uh clip through walls and all the other stuff that you could possibly do and and the reason why the anti-cheat is there in the first place so it makes sense but then that said i mean your game is on steam already why don't you want it to work on the device that that valve is making like it seems very odd to me so uh, it, it's it was kind of the same thing for um, when Epic said, yeah, we're not we're not bringing Fortnite to the Steam Deck because it's on Linux. It's like, well, it, it already runs in other places that are running on Linux, including consoles that have a Linux kernel as as the main part of the OS. So that's an odd statement to make. So I think it's just maybe they don't want to they don't want to support it right now. Maybe they didn't have the time to do it. Like Destiny was working on getting the Witch Queen out. So maybe they just didn't have the cycles to try to figure it out. But it was an interesting statement to come out with like guns blazing. Yeah, you will get banned permanently if you get this running on your Steam Deck. Fox? Uh, I just, I think it's, you know, I, I would take it at face value, to be honest. I don't think that Sony has, like now that... Sony's buying them, right? And this is still Bungie. Maybe this is just Bungie's decision. Um, but f- as a, from Sony's point of view, they're bringing stuff to Steam. They were glad to work with Valve to get God of War working day one with Proton and working well there. So it's, um, there's like compete. Is mu- these are mutually exclusive ideas. I don't think that anything from Sony was said. Maybe from Bungie, they don't want to do it. I would have to agree with Lloyd that it's just. You know, where their headspace is, is like they're launching something. They have to focus on this. They can't do this right now. You know, it's just it's just the case. I don't think it's anything with malice or anything or um, it's probably just getting what how much work they need to do to make sure that it's it's good. Well, then this is super boring because I 100 percent agree with you guys. (laughs) I was hoping that somebody would disagree so we'd have more to say. But. Uh, yeah, well, first off, I don't think like, I know that Sony said we're buying Bungie, but like that takes time. I like that hasn't happened yet. I don't think that Sony has the ability to tell Bungie what to do yet. Uh, in the future, maybe they will, but, and then you brought up God of War, of course, like they have already shown that they want to bring games to steam. Microsoft has done the same thing with like the master chief collection and the newest halo and, uh, Age of Empires and all like there's no conspiracy there. It doesn't make any sense to me. But at the same time, like the Stadia version of uh, Destiny 2 is a Linux version. They already have a Linux version. And by all accounts, BattleEye works on the Steam Deck and all they have to do is send an email or check a box or something it doesn't seem like it's that big of an ask. And in fact, I would say that they probably put more effort into the tweet than it would be to say, yeah, go ahead and use battle. Eye on the steam deck. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just a nerd in an attic. So who knows? But uh, at the end of the day, it just seemed really weird. Like Lloyd said, for them to come out guns blazing saying, get out of here, you people. It's kind of weird. It was definitely a lot hotter than it should have been for a response to a valid question by people that are buying a piece of software or that have already bought a piece of software and they want to use it on their PC. It's not like they're trying to run it on their toaster. It's running on a PC, Mm -hmm. but it's not running on a PC in this case. So I'm sure that'll get sorted out in the future. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Fortnite six months from now has a Steam Deck version. It's just going to take time. But yeah, it was it was a little 
a little hot of, of a response um, from a, a valid customer's question. So hopefully, hopefully they can tone it down a little bit and then maybe <laughs> release some info on, okay, this is what we're, we're seeing. We were able to get it working. We don't think that running it on a Linux box that people have root access to is a danger because of this, this, and this. Here you go. Here's your version of, of Destiny 2 for the Steam Deck. Yeah, one thing I will say is that I hadn't realized that it didn't run on Steam Deck that it wasn't verified. I was so it's like one of the very first things that I installed, which was frustrating because it was 80 gigs and it took all friggin' day to download. Um so it it downloaded, I started it and like it it sits there for a second and then goes back to the screen and I was like, "Well, what happened?" So then I tried it again and then eventually somebody had mentioned either on the subreddit or in our Discord that it wasn't a supported game and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, now I know so I can uninstall it." But you would think, like, it would be nice if when a game doesn't work for some reason, if I got, like, a when I tried to start it, if I got, like, a little thing that said, hey, this is what just happened. Because all that happened is it just went back to the start screen. And I, I didn't know what to do. Like, I was confused. And that's a very unconsole-like experience, like, Fox, you said a second ago, a second ago, a while ago, that this is the most console-like PC experience you've ever had. This is a very un-console-like experience where a game doesn't start and I don't know what to do. Do you have any experience with that or any thoughts on that? Um, I, there are a few different ways that they could handle it. Uh, what's weird is that uh, in earlier builds on uh, Steam OS that when you I tried launching Destiny 2, there's a big prompt that came up with BattleEye and it was like, this doesn't work. Uh, I haven't tried it lately, but um, I know a while ago that was the case. I don't know why that wouldn't come up now. Um, but that has happened to me when I tried installing uh, this is, I tried this when um, I don't know if I so there was a there was a leak of the Steam OS um uh, ISO that got out, and I was one of the few people that got it, and I installed it on my Aya Neo. Oh, I thought and... you were saying your fridge because I saw the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had a, I had a device that had Steam OS on it, an early dev build, um, but it was on the Aya Neo. But everything worked. And then when they talked about Proton, um, e- Easy Anti Cheat, and BattleEye getting updates, I was like, "Oh, let me download Destiny Two and, and see it." So this is months ago that I tried this, and it was just a big pong. Like, it just magnified this battle eye screen. It was like, you know, if it was a little Windows window, it was just, like, magnified into the entire screen. I was like, whoa, that's large. And I would just click OK on it. So I haven't seen it since then. Um, But, yeah, I mean, for sure, there. I would say that I have to agree with you, that if if Valve is aware that there are full-stop games that do not work, they shouldn't waste your time to even let you install it, like download it. I might, I realize that that might be a little aggressive. Um, this, Valve wouldn't do that. Valve would just be like, yeah, you want to download it? Go, go ahead, go download it. Mm-hmm. It's only um, bits. It's only bits. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you. It, it's, it does to some degree, the whole compatibility layer with selecting different proton layers and going to a bleeding edge of proton experimental is further than most console people kind of go already. Mm. Uh, so there is this elastic rope of like allowance of how console is this? Um, I tend to agree with you though, that it's, that it is a bad user experience to press a play and it goes Bong, and then goes right back and you're just like, well, <laughs> what happened? I have had that happen to me. Um, but that was with like doing other stuff with like BattleNet and other stuff. This is trying to force stuff to run. Yeah. So uh, I, I've said on the show many times, I'm not, I'm not interested in installing Windows. I want this to be the most average user experience that there is. When I pick it up, I want to have the same experience that most people will have. And I, I'm, I'm projecting a little bit, but I think that most people will just buy it and play the games that will work on it, and they won't be willing to put in all the extra elbow grease in order to get things working like like you will. Um, I know that you said you've had Windows installed on it, but it doesn't do anything for 
because there's no graphics drivers yet, have have they said like an ETA on that? Because I haven't asked them about the graphics drivers because I'm not installing Windows. So have they said anything about that to you? Well, they said something when a month ago, a month and a half ago, yeah. or whenever the preview when they when it was coming to me when it was getting delivered to me they were like here's a little preamble of what to expect and uh what what you're going to need to do you know get the dev console up this is how you issue tdp commands this is how you do this stuff and i was like oh okay because it was like the preview embargo was pretty strict in with what i was allowed to show and i was like okay i can show i can show the hud i can show mango hud with all the you know clocks and everything i can show mm-hmm. that right and they're like, oh yeah yeah, yeah. And then in there, they were like, we're going to have Windows drivers next week. This is a month or so ago. And then that came and went. And then it was like, okay, Windows drivers this week. And then there's, as far as I know, they exist. They work. No one has them except Valve at the moment uh, and AMD. And that's as far as I know. I just know that it's tied up in the bureaucratic chain somewhere uh, of releasing these. And how they work is, is a... Yeah, the 613F variant of this APU, the GPU part of it. Um, you can find this, like if you look in driver stuff, even like the latest 22.2.2, 22.2.3, you can see references of it. But if you try to install the general Radeon installer on Windows, it just goes, oops, we don't support this. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll just wait. So from my point of view, I don't know if AMD is going to support the Steam Deck officially on Windows. Or if it's going to be traditionally, for instance, Intel has a, a chip out that has an AMD graphics card on it. The only driver that you can get is from Intel. It's an AMD GPU, but Intel has to supply it to you. So AMD gives it to Intel. Intel then distributes it to everyone else. So more than likely, this is going to be the case for Valve, where AMD says, okay, this is the driver that you can get, and this is the one you can distribute. The bad part of that if, is that, that there's going to be this length of time that if there's any driver updates that happen that are a benefit to a specific game like make it go faster you're going to have to wait for this bureaucratic chain to go and chunk it for valve to give it to everybody so this whole pro this is going to be one of the downsides to having the window side of it is that gpu updates uh gpu driver updates are going to be few and far between most likely i don't know how aggressive valve is going to want to go with that um but yeah, that's um, that's where it is right now, and I, I'm I still this Steam Deck right here is just waiting. I have a bunch of games preloaded on. It. I have a bunch of Game Pass games on it. I have uh, Destiny on. It. I like I have everything that doesn't work. <laughs> and I have it ready to go. It just can't do anything right now. But I have it so that when I get it, I can just immediately start firing off. Um, right. But it's just it's just waiting. It's just kind of just sitting there at the moment. So Lloyd and I are both Mac guys, and Lloyd, did you do, like, when Intel Macs first came out, I bought an Intel Mac, and I, inst- I immediately installed Windows on it so that I could dual boot between the two. I found it to be more trouble than it's worth, uh, and so I ended up not doing that anymore. How do you feel about dual booting, Lloyd? I Generally, I hate it. I, I, don't, I don't like not being able to do a thing at the time that I want to do the thing. It's like, I don't want to wait five minutes for, for, to shut down and restart and, and all that stuff. It's obviously computers are a lot faster nowadays, so it wouldn't be such a huge issue. But I remember when I got my first Intel Mac, it was, it was, it was a process to, to boot from Mac into windows and vice versa. Um, I, I don't know how often I'm going to have windows running on my steam deck when I get it, uh, but I'm going to install it just to test it out to see how it runs. But yeah, I can't see that as a, a good way to play games personally. Uh, but I know a lot of people are Windows heads. They love Windows. They love everything about Windows. And they're going to want to have Windows running on that device. It, to me, it seems like a waste. But um, everybody can. That's the, the beauty about this piece of hardware is you can do whatever the heck you want with it, um, which just you don't you don't really get that from from big companies these days. That, that, that's absolutely true. I wonder if the stuff that you can do with Steam input like I know that Windows Steam has Steam input, but this is a different kind of Steam input than we have on Windows. And I wonder if we're going to get the stuff that's on here with Steam input on the Windows side of things. That's that's a big like, oh, well, you've you've loaded it and we just don't have the graphics drivers. Is all of that stuff there on Windows through Steam? So it, it, it does work. Yeah, it, okay. it does work. on. So this is kind of like a thing that Valve did, which is kind of genius. So 
on the Steam Deck when the Steam Deck requires Steam to be loaded for the controller to work. If the Steam Deck does not detect Steam that is running, it defaults into what other people have called uh, lizard mode. Mm-hmm. I only recently found out about this because I never really used the Steam controller to any real degree. I u- I tried getting a hold of it for like the 10-foot experience using a PC on a couch, mm-hmm. and I played with RTS and other stuff, and I found it really good for there. And I really tried, really, really tried trying to make the Steam controller work, but it just never gelled with me. Um, but Linux, doesn't matter what it is. If it's Linux, if it's Windows, doesn't matter what it is. Steam needs to be loaded for the controller to work. The funny thing is, is that on Windows, when it detects it as the Neptune controller, but when you jump into, you know, when you do Steam input, you can see the Steam Deck itself with all the buttons yeah. and everything. It shows up as a DualShock 4 on Windows. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, so you can like assign things on the DualShock 4 that are then mapped to the Neptune controller. Uh, but everything works there. You just need Steam loaded. So... Regardless of anything, if people think that they're going to buy a Steam Deck, install Windows on it, and not install Steam on it, you're going to have a bad time. If you're going to pizza when you french fry, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's really good. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, anything that we want to add before we wrap up uh, episode 15 of the show, gentlemen? Not here. I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, uh, Fox, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your stuff? Not that they don't know, but there might be a couple. Uh, I'm, I do most of my stuff on YouTube. The name of my channel is The Fox. Um, and that's where you can find me. I do a bunch of stuff on Steam Deck or other handhelds, and I do a lot of things on handhelds in particular, specifically gaming, handheld gaming PCs. There you go. Uh, all right. This is that. I'm Bill. That guy's Lloyd, and that guy's the Fox. And uh, thank you for watching episode 15 of On Deck. We will see you on the next one. Stay awesome, everybody.